I'm Andrew Faust here at the Center for Bioregional Living with Permaculture Podcasts. I've been listening to a number of other good historical podcasts that I've been enjoying. One is called by the BBC in our times and another one called Extras of History also by the BBC and a synopsis I wanted to share with you of some of those listenings has been focused for me on economics and the history of exploitation and classism and to me It seems really clear as I research this that a couple names are important to begin our discussion with today. And I'll be articulating for you the connection between them. We've got a chap who is new to me who I learned about recently. His name is David Ricardo. And Ricardo is following on the boot heels of Adam Smith and the well-known book, The Wealth of Nations, as well as Thomas Malthus. And there's a combination of values here that I want to highlight that are shared by all of these white, privileged men. And they are that... Poor people suffering is edifying for them because it gives them more of an opportunity to be in the good graces of God when they die. And this notion that there is something edifying about suffering is a sick, twisted problem of Western society that has been used by the privileged by the wealthy to rationalize their continuing exploitation of their fellow human beings, the planet, and future generations. And in many senses are how we've gotten into the mess that we're in today, where we've got a planet that has been so exploited, so contaminated, that we are at risk of making the entire earth uninhabitable for life forms that are complex, multifaceted, and in need of healthy habitats. Because in the Anthropocene, what has occurred is that the type of classism, racism, and exploitation that Ricardo, Malthus, and Adam Smith were great fans of, has led us into the industrial era and then into the Cold War and the nuclear age. Most Americans are pretty woefully ignorant when it comes to being educated about what's been going on with water quality, air quality, soil quality, and overall quality of life in what has been cobbled together and referred to 
as this place that's called the United States. Whether they're really united is an implicit question that I think we need to recognize is revealing of the fact that myself living in a area that has an industrial prison economy, an area that has a lot of apologists and centrists here who have no interest in seeing any change, has helped to make me very aware of the fact that most of my fellow citizens do not question business as usual or the present system that we find ourselves in the stranglehold of. And that death grip of this nightmare reality where air quality continues to get worse, where people believe that having a job at a prison with a pension is a good thing, where we have a sewage treatment plant, for instance, in Napanock here in the county of Ulster that has been in non-compliance which means they have blatantly disregarded our rudimentary water quality laws. They've been in chronic non-compliance since 1991. And nobody calls boo in this country, in my experience, in the watershed, river keeper, Esopus, all of the other purported NGOs who care about water basically turn a blind eye to this chronic non-compliance with the Clean Water Act that we all know is on the record as occurring since 1991, in many instances even longer. The first thing we need to do in this country is enforce the Clean Water Act, enforce the Clean Air Act, and recognize that there is nothing edifying in the continued suffering of any individuals in our society, that that is an ethically and morally culpable phenomenon when we continue to allow it to exist in our midst, when we, the people of this country, continue to allow the fat cats, the cronies, the privileged, the exploiters, the millionaires and billionaires to rule the world because of some really a skewed set of social values. Anybody who is making millions and millions of dollars owes the American people, future generations, and the world a huge compensation, apology, and generosity. We live in an age where we have rationalized and through our social agreement given some sort of continued endorsement to this ongoing toxic, destructive, addictive, militaristic, industrialized prison economy of the United States and of the town of Awarsing, and of Ulster County. And what's happened is, 
that there is some notion that we should just don't worry, be happy, just buy stuff you don't really need and lead to the world that Adam Smith and Ricardo, who made all of his money, by the way, David Ricardo, off of war bonds uh, that were sold during the Battle of Waterloo between France, Napoleon, and Britain. And what happens is this joker who gets a lot of attention and respect writes a book called The Principles, which, as it turns out, are so garbled and nonsensical that you can basically turn them into anything. Sound familiar? Much like most of the sacred texts of the organized religions of the world, same thing. So garbled, paradoxical, and self-contradictory that you can have them support any position you want to take. And this tendency to call somebody's writing an authority, to call it a source for grounding good ideas in, is in and of itself a misguided presupposition that keeps our thinking stuck in a model that is dated and no longer serves us. And that model is the model that we should listen to privileged aristocrats who have done nothing to give back to society other than being self-impressed and putting themselves on a pedestal. That's all that the aristocracy, the bourgeoisie, the wealthy who want to continue being wealthy and living on our backs, the apologists for a punitive prison system, they're all in league with one another to make sure that the people do not claim their power and their autonomy. And what it means for us to claim our power and our autonomy, what it means is that we produce more than we consume. And that what we produce is not a product. It's not some sort of abstract phenomenon in a specialized, technocratic, industrial, globalized economy. But that we actually focus on regional and local resilience, food independence, and following a good, solid master plan for food, year-round, full diet, omnivores, delight, food supply. After we've figured that out, then, when we've also done a master plan that cuts down on the use of energy in the first place, then we will also create a master plan for regional infrastructure to become more energy independent with a appropriate scaled integrated array of renewables not putting our eggs in one basket or two baskets like giant solar farms and giant 
windmills, which are just further perpetuation of business as usual. A centralized grid, which is nobody's friend. As I've researched the grid, it has become clear that the economic fallacies of Ricardo, Adam Smith, and Thomas Malthus are being perpetuated by what we're seeing with the rollout of this aggressive, rabid attitude in the climate change sectors to roll out massive renewable energy infrastructures with no questions asked about what are we using all this energy for? Nor any thoughtful conversation as far as I can tell in Climate Renews, in many of these organizations who are purportedly very progressive, self-proclaimed progressives and radicals, actually are perpetrators of business as usual in an industrial prison economy. Because in fact, one of the particular details here in town of Warsing that the town board gave us no information about, that our senators gave us no information about, and suddenly got put like a sty in our eye right in the viewshed of some of the most beautiful natural land that could be helping us to go potato independent here, which I'm a big fan of. I think it's a good one to start with. The two ends of the spectrum I suggest we start with for food independence are lettuce independence and greens, very achievable. And then let's go for root crops and winter food supply with crops like potatoes. The field where a five-acre array of polluting, shiny, glitzy tech systems that are called solar panels were stuck in is right where you have one of the most beautiful landscapes with Lenai Lenape historic farming soils that native people knew their sacred value to feed their people. We are now in a state and in a society where we believe that having electricity is more important than having food. And that is because of the writings and the thinking of the English bourgeoisie that were at the inception of the market economy. Adam Smith, Thomas Malthus, Ricardo, all of these thinkers rolled together give you a good historical understanding of the erroneous and destructive attitude that led to globalized colonialism, the destruction of Africa, the destruction of the traditional societies of Southeast Asia, the destruction and annihilation and genocide of all tribal cultures throughout the Caribbean, throughout the Americas, were completely done with an open mind and an open understanding on the part of People who were willfully exploiters, destroyers, and overall murderous and violent humans. And they rationalized this destructive, violent, and murderous behavior 
by means of the notion that, well, if you're able to kill someone, then it must be that God was on your side. And that clearly any person who would argue against the notion that it was your God-given right to commit ethnic genocide on the Caribs, if you were the Spanish colonizers or the Dutch or the British or the French moving into Southeast Asia and annihilating and decimating entire islands of their native population. We then fast forward to the United States with the first hydrogen thermonuclear bomb tests and the Bikini Islands, and we see the escalation of colonialism to a global hostage situation. We are all held hostage in this militarized, industrialized, toxic culture of addiction that is secretive in a sense about its agenda and also aggressively above board about it in the sense that it's all about advertising and marketing and brainwashing people into doing things and buying things that they do not need. And one of those things that people are buying and doing that they do not need is electricity. And electricity is the foundation of the new consumer society economy that morphed into the nightmare of plastic the size of the state of Texas contaminating the South Pacific Ocean. That is entirely a result of the lack of corporate accountability in the history of the world and the enabling of corporate exploiters, contaminators, and perpetrators of colonialism and of industrialism and militarism. Because they're making money off of us, thinking that in some way, if you're a technocrat fat cat, you must have deserved that. When in fact, 99% of the people who become multimillionaires have only done that through severely amoral, unethical, irresponsible human behavior, which our society has a moral and ethical responsibility to hold responsible for. Ultimately, I would say that in the age that we're in today, the best response to this history that specialization is a good plan for economic development, which goes back to Smith and to Ricardo, and Malthus. Malthus is also part of the notion that poor people are going to be a plague for the planet and why we need to really deal with population control is because the needy and the poor and the hungry are going to gnaw us down to a bone. When in fact it's clear that the opposite is true. The biggest problem on the planet are the one percenters the capitalists, the militarists, the corporates, right? It's the corporate economy, it's the global economy, it's the one percenters that are the unequivocally worst actors in the history of the world. 
And when they are leaving our children, when they are leaving us as adults growing up in this society, is a huge challenge and moral responsibility. It's nothing less than completely transforming our value set. And what I mean by our value set, what I mean by that is what marketing and advertising and propaganda machines have told us we should believe because it is my firm opinion that we do not do a very good job in the G20 nations, the G7 nations, in the Northern Hemisphere, the privileged class upbringings, do an awful job of educating their children about the true costs of the military-industrial complex, and they are absolutely not educating us in the need to change, the radical, fundamental, and totally comprehensive need to change. And it is this understanding that I have that I want to impart to you that I think is useful, which is the entire system is corrupt. And if we don't recognize that we have to create a new system, a better society, a society that actually cares for people, a society based on the notion that human beings are inherently good, that we all have an innate right to a beautiful, abundant, and prosperous existence, nobody is edified by suffering. And any person who implies that poverty and desperation and hunger are in some way a moral privilege that edifies the individual is an exploiter. And it's sad to see how many people who, are, who have a boot on their neck and are being kept down by an aggressive, exploitive society actually believe that they deserve to live in poverty until they can claim access to the trinkets, toys, and machines of the privileged. And that the only aspiration of many downtrodden populations is to in fact acquire the mechanisms and the toys of the privileged. And this is one of the fallacies that we must change. The real goal to synopsize is to improve the quality of life for all human beings and to recognize that as a society, as a species living on a finite planet, we have an ethical, moral, and spiritual obligation to be better humans who do a better job of caring for one another, caring for the planet that is our home and our birthright, and giving back more to future generations who are unborn and being born than we have taken. Giving back more than we have received. Becoming true gardeners of the earth and enhancing the beauty, the biodiversity, and the long-term integrity of our inheritance. 
Thank you for listening. When I have more thoughts, materials, and insights to share, I'll be sending out another broadcast very shortly. Enjoy your day on Earth.